everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Flavin gets it to Natchez. Natchez is bothered, but he'll get it to Svechnikov. His shot is rung off the post and still in play. Natchez will track it down. Nobody knew where it was. Haynes will get to it. Niederreiter back to Natchez. Up top it's Slavin. Slavin, little soft pass to Svechnikov out in front. Niederreiter redirected. Shesterkin with a save. Second opportunity. That'll go to the backboards. And Shesterkin with his biggest save in the early moments of this Haynes with a steal and a shot right on Shesterkin with a save. Rebound by Ajo. Shesterkin kicks that away and Seth Jarvis had a great opportunity before Ajo got to the rebound. Chocek finds a hole. Shot put right on. Shesterkin makes the save. Kicked away. Captain Ian Cole shoots. That's saved by Shesterkin. Puck works its way into the corner. Or it'll be picked up by Tyler Long. A minute remaining in the Ranger power play. Cross-ice pass for Zibanejad. He scores. Panarin goes through the seams. Zibanejad on the one-timer. And the Rangers have a 1-0 lead. A smash to cost the up coach. from Cope Kenny on a great chance for Carolina at the Ranger blue line by Stahl, but he'll give it away to Zabanajad. Zabanajad cruises in, tries to make a move back, and chance. Rossum makes the save. Loose puck. Heedle will get to it. Rangers keeping some pressure on until Niederreiter finishes Zabanajad along the boards, and Carolina comes out up by Zabanajad behind the net. Five seconds left in the period. Zabanajad's got some room. He'll snap a shot. Ronta with the save. Prider out front. Another save from Ronta, and they'll stop things with 1.2 seconds left. Auntie Ronta, two huge saves, and now Philip Heedle is throwing a couple of punches at Vincent Trocek after the Rangers come up with the puck. Working their way back in. It's a four-on-one. Panarin with it, and what a play by Brendan Smith. Oh, the former Ranger. Great defensively. Now Domi the other way for the Canes. Snaps a shot right on. Shesterk in the save. Rebounds available. Domi has it die right on the ice. Now a snapshot from Kokaniemi, and Shesterkin gets to that will keep it in. He'll shield off Slavin. Go behind the net, setting it up. Ronta makes the save as Heedle put one on, trying to go short side. Back behind the Canes net. Zabanajad with it. He'll leave it for Kreider. Kreider has some room to work with D'Angelo. Has a stick knocked out of his hands, and they'll score! Chris Kreider steps out from behind the net. Burns one past Auntie Ronta, and the Rangers have taken a 2-0 lead. Rangers stretch pass, throwing the puck back in the Kane zone, trying to find Kreider was Heedle, but the Canes come up with it Niederreiter with a backhand, he'll score! Nino Niederreiter leaks one through Shesterkin and it's a 2-1 game at the card back to Panarin at the top of the right circle centered out in front by Stroman Ronta gets a pad to it, Lafreniere gets it across and that shot was put on by Kopp and Ronta makes the save, now Kopp with a rebound, he'll center it across for Fox Fox, he'll try to get the shot off, and Smith left his skates, but makes the play, and Sveshnikov is out of the box. Haynes kill off the penalty. Sveshnikov pulls his way in, tries to get a shot through, and Miller stopped that chance, and Sveshnikov the Rangers are able to clear, and now Reeves and Mott have a two-on-one. Reeves shot right on. Ronta with the save. Mott tries to get it through, and Ronta reaches back and makes the save there. This 
is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold, and the series is interesting, not just because the Rangers got on the board, but because at the end of the game, Max Domi decided to challenge Ryan Lindgren to a cross-checking contest. Lindgren did not accept the challenge. However, he and Domi did get into it, and you'll hear what Rangers head coach Gerard Gallant had to say about it afterwards. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Sammy Hanna's crew do a great job, so hope you'll go check them out for all of your home improvement needs when it comes to making your home more beautiful and energy efficient. They can do it. They're the best at it. Aluminumcompany.com. Well, a couple of things jump out about... Rangers 3, Hurricanes 1, Game 3, Eastern Conference Semifinals, or if you prefer, the Metropolitan Division title. But the, uh, I mean, I I know what the shiny object's going to be. It's going to be about special teams and the power play, and we're going to talk about it. But I also want to talk about the fact that even at 5-on-5, this looked a lot like games that Carolina was playing during a stretch where they were getting a lot of shots on goal. Getting a lot of great opportunities. They are. They did tonight. Could have easily had four. I mean. But sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes the puck is just not going to go in. But that doesn't mean you could just throw your hands up and say, well, puck this didn't go in tonight. I mean, there are things that you can do that will help you score goals that Carolina probably didn't follow through on. They probably were not. Hard enough in front of Igor Igor Shesterkin. Carolina had tons of opportunities to score. But if you don't get traffic in front of a goaltender like Shesterkin, I mean, you're basically leaving it up to his ability to stop pucks, which is obviously very elite. But Carolina had 20 grade-A chances on the night. In contrast, game two, I believe, or yeah, game two on Friday night, Carolina had like 11, maybe 11 grade A chances. Overall scoring chances, the Hurricanes hit 46 to 22, and they got a cheap goal. The only goal they scored was a cheap one. So I think there is more to give offensively. There's obviously more to give in the power play. Uh, you'll hear from Nino Niederreiter and Rod Brendamore on the power play a little bit later on. Um, but I also tend to agree with Rod in that the team played well, but they, if you'll understand this phrase, they played well enough to lose. Like, they played well enough, had enough opportunities to be positive about the experience because... They played well. Except we don't judge these things. We look at a scoreboard, and now that you're into the playoffs and every win is critical, 
you just can't be, uh, at this point, a process over production person. And Rod Brindamore is not. He said it in his post game. He said it. No, we're not about process. Now, now it's just about winning. Regular season, you can play that game, and I'm here for it because it is about building an identity. And Carolina's identity is going to shoot a lot of pucks, going to you know go after rebounds if they're there. You're going to shoot a lot of pucks and basically become a volume scoring team. There's not a lot of efficiency to Carolina's game. And I'm not even suggesting it has to. It, they have to get more efficient. There are times when they are. So, um, two things about I think the game that jump out to me is that yes, Carolina did get a ton of chances, just not a lot of traffic, and sometimes it's deceiving. The data, the shot, you know, the shot attempts, the. Rangers blocked a ton of shots in the third period. Just I, so it seemed like, uh, especially on the power play, uh, every time Svechnikov wound up to shoot, there were like 17 Ranger legs on one body. I mean, he just could not get pucks past the, uh, the primary defender. Uh, and that has been a problem. The other thing that jumps out to me about the game is that Carolina's power play continues to be not good. Tony D'Angelo and Nino Niederreiter will both blunt. You'll hear Nino blunt about the power play. You can't argue that Carolina generated chances on the power play because they did. They had opportunities to score. I think the best one happened very, very early in the game, and here's the way it sounded. Flavin gets it to Natchez. Natchez is bothered, but he'll get it to Svechnikov. His shot is rung off the post and still in play. Natchez will track it down. Nobody knew where it was. Haynes will get to it. Niederreiter back to Natchez. Up top, it's Slavin. Slavin, little soft pass to Svechnikov. Out in front, Niederreiter redirected. Shesterkin with a save. Second opportunity. That'll go to the backboards. And Shesterkin with his biggest save in the early moments of this game. Svechnikov hits the post. Beats Shesterkin. Can't beat the post. And then you get the puck back around to Svechnikov eventually, and he makes a play out in front for Nina Ryder. Just a great save by Shesterkin. Uh, the power play had moments where it looked good, um, and I don't think it ever looked bad. I think the power play looked credible tonight, except credible isn't good enough. It has to be productive. It can't just be good, you know, okay, it has to be productive. Frankly, you'd take a bad power play that lucked out and scored a goal more than uh, 12% of the time, which is what Carolina in the postseason is 11.6%. But if you go back to the last 26 games of the regular season, and maybe that's a random number, who cares? Um, it's still 26 games. is still a large enough sample size to discern something. And Carolina closed the season 8 of 66 in their last 26 games, 11.9%. That would be virtually, I don't know, I don't think it's dead last, and there was another team that was probably 10-something. Although, I could certainly look that up, can't I? 11.9% over the last 36 games, 10 in the postseason, 26 in the regular. Hurricanes at 11.9% would be DFL. In the NHL, the Flyers were at 20 point, 12.55. 
Uh, the Canadians at 13.71. Arizona at 13.86. Seattle, 14.55. The Devils, 14.56. I mean, power play is just not good right now. It stinks. Um, while not looking gross in the process. Again, no matter what it looks like, if it doesn't go in, it's an unsuccessful power play. And right now, it's the difference between a win and a loss. Uh, and frankly, it has been in Boston. The Hurricanes must get something out of the power play. And I would not put the effort today in the category of we peppered Igor Shesterkin on the, with the man advantage and he was just too good. That is not what happened today. Carolina didn't move the puck fast enough, and frankly, I think it's worth discussing whether or not there is time to make a change in personnel on the power play. Think about where the Florida Panthers are right now. They finally got a power play goal. Finally got one. Played six games against Capitals, no power play goals. Played the first two against Tampa, no power play goals. They did finally get one today, but they lost the game anyway, and the reason they struggle with Washington, the reason they are down now 3-0 to uh, Tampa, and again, they scored one today in three tries, but ultimately, their power play has stunk with all of their personnel. Should Rod Brindamore leave Yasperi Kotkaniemi on the power play? Would they be better off with Jordan Stahl in front of the net? I think you could argue that Kokaniemi doesn't belong on the power play. You could definitely argue that. And I'm here for that argument because I'm raising the point for a reason. So, it would be worth exploring moving some players around. Not staying within the power play pool, but maybe shuffling a couple of guys out of the power play pool. And it... I realize that the top unit is none of those players are leaving the power play. I get it. And for the most part, the second unit has guys who are not leaving the power play. But production has to happen. And I think if you if you put in the effort on the power play, and I'm not saying the Carolina's not trying, but you still need to outwork your opponent to take advantage of five-on-four. There's a level of desperation when you're shorthanded that elevates your play to just, to just to try to keep the puck out of your own net. The trick for Carolina is going to get to a level that goes beyond the desperation of your opponent. That's just the way I see the power play more than anything. Yeah, there are power plays that make pretty plays. The Hurricanes make pretty plays in the power play. Uh, but the Hurricanes are not a pretty offensive team. And it might be better to play to their identity on the power play. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to be around in the playoffs longer as long as you want. And I'm pretty sure the Hurricanes want to play uh, a minimum of one more series after this one. And I think the number is actually two more series after this one. So, special teams, no good. 
for Carolina. Not that special teams have been great for the Rangers in this series, but they got what they needed out of today's game. Um, we'll hear from Nino Niederreiter in a second on the power play. One quick thought about the guy who's on the second unit now, Andre Svechnikov. Andre goes through these pockets of, we'll just call it average offensive production. A player of his ilk should have, there should be a baseline for where he is. And I don't believe he's there right now. He has three points, three goals, and one assist in 10 playoff games. So he's below what that team is looking for anyway. But Andre simply needs to see the puck go in the net. And I would also argue that he hasn't had too many chances of late. He did have a bunch today, and I believe on Friday he was good in that category too. But Andre has to get going. He has to be closer to a point a game. Sebastian Ajo is roughly at a point a game. Yeah, we could talk in circles all day long. The, the Hurricanes simply need Andre Svechnikov to be productive. And he hasn't been productive, really. He had two goals in what was a game six in Boston. And he's got one goal and one assist in the other nine games. That's not, a, that's not good for Carolina. Uh, I'm not necessarily worried about the series any more than I was worried going into game one or game two or game three. I'm not surprised the series is 2-1. These are pretty even teams, even though Carolina beat the Rangers all, not all four. They beat them three out of four times. The only one they lost was the one here uh, where they peppered Alexander Gorgiev uh, to the tune of, I think, 44 shots on goal. Well, it was pretty close to that number tonight, wasn't it? What was it, 43 tonight for the Hurricanes? I'm sorry, 44. So it was the same number tonight. Uh, except Shesterkin did let one in. But after that, Carolina didn't have as many opportunities. It just didn't have as many uh, in the third period as they did in the uh, in the second period. Uh, I know the numbers look kind of similar, but I just think the quality of the chances was not quite there, especially in the last, oh, oh I don't know, seven or eight minutes. Uh, they did have the one late power play that looked like it was trying hard and moving the puck pretty well. There were some clears, obviously, but uh, they didn't get a, they didn't get any by the uh, the future Vezina Trophy winner. There's no question uh, Shesty's going to win that. Um, all right, so we talked about the power play. We talked about Andrei Svechnikov. Now, here's an interesting thing for me. You don't see this a lot from Carolina. It is typical around the NHL. Um, but at the very end of the game, uh, and actually uh, I think you can even hear it here, at the very end of the game, uh, the Hurricanes, uh, we were Mac- <clears throat> at the very end of the game, Max Domi uh, gave Ryan Lindgren a little bit of a cheap shot and uh, Gerard Gallant was not happy about it. We'll play both for you right here. Face off to the right of Shesterkin. The Rangers will win it. 
Throw the puck back in the hurricane zone. Ian Cole will play it across the ice. He'll get the return feed. The clock hits zeros, and the Rangers get a win. Now there's some shoving after the whistle as Max Domi had a whack for Lindgren. Lindgren didn't take too kindly to it, and these two are going after it here as the game's over, and now they are wrestled down to the ice, Lindgren and Domi. Well, this will be an interesting development. No, I wasn't happy with the, you know, the bull at the end of the game that they initiated, you know. I mean... We didn't do that when the games were close. We put, you know, they put their guys on. That's fine. If they want to play like that, we got the guys that can match up. It's pretty standard in the playoffs, though. Do you believe in that at all? Does that work? Does that work? I don't like it at the end of a game. The game's over. You know, we get, we still got four games to go with those guys. I mean, they're not sending any message. We got the guy that can handle all their guys if we want to. And we didn't, we didn't, you know, we didn't do it like that. But Domi took a cheap shot of their defenseman and, you know, you, you got a lot. You got a long memory in this. You think about things, and uh, like I said, might be on the other foot someday. So Gerard Gallant not happy with Max Domi, not happy with Tony D'Angelo, who's uh, chirping a lot during the game. Um, I guess it's really pre- personal preference where you come down on it. Um, it's you don't want to see anything after the game is over. Just you know, skate on, skate on by, but. Uh, I kind of think that what we saw tonight is not atypical for playoff hockey. And depending on what side of the fence you come down on, meaning maybe uh, you're a fan of a certain team or uh, not a fan of another team or another player, uh, you could certainly, I think you're justified in being mad at Max Domi. But I also don't think it's uncommon. So I think more than anything, Gallant is simply, I think Gallant is simply just kind of looking for an edge here. I, I really don't think it's that big a deal, but I understand if you if you were that guy who's mad at Max Domi. That's fine. And Gerard Gallant clearly was. Uh, thinly veiled threat with unleashing the wrath of Ryan Reeves. Uh, yes, he could probably beat up everybody in a hurricane uniform. I get it. Whatever. Um, I don't think that's going to help the Rangers win. I don't. I don't think it's going to help the Rangers win. Um, I'm not saying that they can't win. The Rangers can absolutely win this series. I, I, I keep telling you this every time we do this podcast. Um, basically, anybody can beat anybody. They're, the The teams are too evenly matched. Anybody can beat Anybody. Uh, so those three things jumped out at me. Auntie Ranta played very well again. So uh, the Hurricanes are fine in goal. They will practice on Monday. And we'll see if Freddie Anderson steps on the ice. Uh, real quick about Ranta. I think you could argue that the first goal that he allowed actually led to the second goal that he allowed. Again, I haven't spoken with him, and I haven't spoken to people who know goaltending. Uh, we I will talk to Shane Willis on the radio show uh, coming up on Monday. But on the power play goal in the first period, I think Ronta could have gotten to the post and sealed it. And Zabanajad took a uh, kind of snapped it in, and he went just inside the near post and because Ronta didn't have it covered all the way, 
there was like a little triangle that the puck could go through. I mean, look, it's almost bad luck that the Hurricanes allowed that goal, or good luck if uh, if you are Mika Zibanejad. But I think it's one that Ranta could have stopped. And then when you get to the Chris Kreider goal in the second period, Ranta was so far pressed against his post and low that when you look at it from the angle behind the shooter, there was a ton of goal available. Almost anything high to the far side was going to go in, or at least had a chance to go in. So I think Ranta was very good, but I think you can argue that he should have had both goals tonight. Alas, he did not. Uh, the Rangers' two best offensive players, Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider, each scored, and the Rangers need that. Kreider is now, uh, I think, a team leading six goals in the playoffs, and Zibanejad continues to score big goals for the Rangers. Remember, uh, he had the game-tying goal in Game 7 that led to the overtime game winner. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, we had definitely enough chances to win this hockey game and uh, definitely a start we, we wanted. We knew we were just got to play our way to to win that hockey game and at the end of the day, the power play let us down again. I mean, we gave them way too many chances off the rush and we started to open up again, which we definitely don't want to do. And uh, But for the most part, I mean, we had a lot of shots, but we didn't get enough traffic. I think the head coach might have liked the game a little bit better than Nino Niederreiter. So why don't we uh, check in on what the head coach had to say afterwards? It was actually pretty good. We had a lot of good looks. First one, especially it's the post and, you know, kind of similar play to theirs. They put it in the net. I mean, it's just, you know, it's the way it goes. Um, actually, I thought we created a lot of scoring opportunities tonight. So they got one on theirs and we didn't. And that's pretty much the difference in the game. You know, I liked our game overall. And just, like I said, we, we're not going to win if we don't score more than one. So we give them a ton of credit. They blocked a ton of shots, ton of shots. And yet I look up and I think we still had maybe 40. I don't know. I lock, I, I stopped looking at one point. So I'm like, okay, we're, we're getting pucks there. It's just, they felt like none of them got through. So, you know, give them credit. As for the little dust up with uh, Domi and Lindgren after the game, uh, Rod Brindamore said, I didn't see it. I'm, I just can't comment on it. I don't know if he didn't see it or not. But he wasn't going to comment on it. <laughs> uh, I would be inclined to think this. Rod saw it. Rod knows what happened. Rod's probably not all that pleased about it. But he also probably thinks, yeah, well, that kind of happens sometimes. And he's over it. And I believe that Gerard Gallant is over it. And I believe this is a small deal. We'll see if... There is any retaliation from the Rangers side, and there may be because they do have Ryan Reeves, uh, who can take care of everybody in a hurricane sweater, right? So the Canes still lead the series 2-1. to one. Game number four is Tuesday night at Madison Square Garden. Game number five, if necessary, well, it'll, it will be necessary now. Game number five is uh, at, in, at PNC Arena in Raleigh, and... The Hurricanes certainly played well enough to win this game, but they also played well enough to lose this game, and they did. They succeeded in playing well enough to lose. Carolina was good, 
But they don't judge hockey games. They look at a scoreboard. Who had more scores? And tonight it was the Rangers who win it 3-1. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Uh, you can also uh, follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating if you like. Review it if you like. And we are here for you after every Hurricanes game. And one uh, one personal note, if you've stayed long enough in this, maybe you care. You probably don't. Shouts to NCFC Juventus 08 that not only in the span of not only, what, 10 days ago, won their first ever upper division title. They did that. But Sunday finished off the Seaside Classic end-of-season soccer jamboree tournament with a 2-0 win in the championship game over, I believe, what I was told was the second-best classic team in uh, the Wilmington Hammerheads program. That is a great name, by the way, the Wilmington Hammerheads. Uh, it was a fun, uh, fun soccer game that uh, uh, that our challenge team won. So uh, good for uh, good for our kids. Uh, anyway, it was a good weekend, uh, and I appreciate all of you hanging out with me here on the Canes Corner podcast. And again, we're here after every Hurricanes game, and we will talk to you Tuesday night. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsband.com or wherever you get your podcasts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.